When creating an exit strategy, business owners can't just account for the health of their books. They also must consider the health of their brand. Financials say a lot about an organization, but public awareness can mean the difference for a company that sells and a company that sits. I've known the talented PR team at HKA for many years, and I've seen firsthand how marketplace visibility equals marketplace value. If your brand needs a boost, contact the marketing communications experts at HKA by calling 714-426-0444 or visit them online at www.hkamarcom.com. Hi, this is Bill Black from the Exacoach Radio Show. Last year, a business owner friend of mine died suddenly and tragically, and his family was unprepared. In his honor, I'm giving away 1,000 of my ebooks entitled Business Continuity Five Steps to Protect Your Family Free. All you have to do is text the word family to 44222. That's family to 44222. Don't let your family be the victim of an unplanned business. Text family to 44222 for this free information today. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Welcome, everyone. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm very excited about my next guest. She's Dr. Patricia Thompson from Silver Lining Psychology in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Patricia works with uh, business owners in the area of corporate psychology. And she's going to talk about how applying the principles of positive psychology can not only make you happier, but they can also enhance your business. So, Dr. Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Really glad to be here. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to start Silver Lining Psychology. Yeah, so I'm a corporate psychologist and a management consultant. And in my work, I really partner with companies to help them to get their most out of their people. And I founded my organization, Silver Lining Psychology, a couple of years ago with the aim of showing businesses how they could really use positive psychology to get better results. And I'd been working with businesses since about 2004, but I found that a lot of leaders simply didn't know about these sorts of concepts that could be helping their businesses. And so I really wanted to teach them that. And it's a, it's a needed area. Business owners are notorious worriers because, hey, there's a lot to worry about. There's, there's you know, payroll and <laughs> There's a government and there's uh, comp- competition and the economy, a lot of things that they, they tend to need help with. So what, would, what were you finding were some of the, the biggest calls for your services? Yeah, so what I would say is, you know, a lot of the work that I do is pretty typical corporate psychology stuff like executive coaching and team building and personality assessments. But what I was finding that leaders were not paying as much attention to were things like how to really inspire their teams or to bring a greater sense of meaning to work for their people or, you know, working on their emotional intelligence or even just being aware of sort of having a positive mindset. And what I found is that with increasing numbers of millennials in the workforce, employers are really needing to focus on how to bring a deeper sense of purpose into the job to get people really engaged. Um, Because if people aren't feeling engaged by the work that they're doing, they're likely to, you know, go to an employer that does focus on those sorts of things. 
So <clears throat> what I hear you saying is that not only were you finding that business owners needed some help in their in their own inspiration and and sometimes you know, maybe they're questioning after many, many years, maybe they're questioning, is this really what I want to do? What's my purpose here? And what's my mindset? Uh, and, and that's a whole, you know, side of the practice, I would imagine. But also uh, understanding how some of the younger people are thinking and uh, so they can, they can create messaging and create an environment where they would be attractive to, to uh, attract those people because it's a different mindset than the baby boomer generation. Yeah, I mean, I would say the days are gone where people expect that they come to work and just kind of follow their boss blindly and stay for 30 years and then get, you know, the gold watch or whatever it is they get at the end. Um, You know, at this point in time, people are really wanting to be engaged and excited about the work that they're doing. And research shows that when people are more excited and engaged about the work that they're doing, they actually do better work. Um, And so, you know, regardless of where you are, whether you're Gen X or Baby Boomer or Millennial, focusing on these sorts of issues can really help you to be more productive and happier at at work. So do do Millennials demand more information uh, or expect more information along the way? What's the purpose? What's the mission of the company? What how are we doing? Uh, Do they, they have the blinders off, so to speak? I think so. I think um, they tend to take a more holistic approach to work and see work as a part of their life in general. And I think, you know, in looking at what they want out of life, they want to feel like they have a sense of purpose in whatever it is that they're doing. And so knowing that their company is on board with that and that their company wants to create a positive environment for them and is really interested in who they are as people and what's going to develop them is something that um, I think a lot of leaders are having to focus on now so that they can really get the most out of the people in their workplace. So when you first start talking with business owners, assuming they're, they're talking about this topic, are they are they genuinely confused about uh, how to best motivate the millennials? Is it a mystery to them, or do they kind of have a clue and they just want some fine tuning? Um, I think it's a bit of both. I think you know sometimes there's a little bit of um, maybe looking at the younger people in the workforce as not really knowing what you should expect from work. Um, And so, you know, thinking that people are wanting too much too soon in terms of collaboration or having opportunities to stretch or, you know, growing and that sort of a thing. Um, And, you know, really, I would just say it's different perspectives and different backgrounds that kind of result in different expectations in the workplace. Um, I think that for some leaders who are so focused on the technical skills, they don't really want to have to think about the emotional side of things. Um, and they've kind of been brought to just think that work is work, and so they don't want to have to account for the fact that, you know, the people working for them are actual human beings who have psychological needs that might be different from their own. Um, But on the other end, there are people who I think are, you know, much more attuned and I guess psychologically sophisticated and are interested in inspiring um, those underneath them, um, but maybe just don't have as much uh, practice in terms of thinking about, meaning and purpose and some of the newer concepts like mindfulness and, you know, how to create a more optimistic um, environment. And so for them, it, it is more just kind of education and fine tuning. I don't have to motivate them so much to understand that these sorts of things are important. They just want a little bit of help in terms of knowing how to work with their people. Yeah, how they fit in and and how it matters. Uh, that's what the millennials kind of want to know is how does this all matter? Uh, wh- uh, wh- what are what are we doing all of this for? Um, 
So there's a lot of questioning that goes on. It's difficult to be a business owner when you're dealing with these issues and trying to figure out, well, how do I – because it's it's expensive to turn over an employee. I don't care what position they're in. It's expensive to go mm-hmm. find somebody new and train them and get them up to speed. You lose a certain amount of momentum. So I'm sure they'd like to uh, create an environment that has people feeling that – it's meaningful for each of them. So what are some of the ways, are, do you use things like um, psychological uh, uh, tests and measurements to to try to help someone determine, uh, you know, how they where they fit into a company structure? Yeah, I mean, there are a variety of, of things that I do. So one thing that I do is executive coaching, and that's primarily helping the leaders to sort of look at their own developmental needs as a leader and figure out how they can be more effective in their work. Um, I also do do personality testing, and I think that can be really helpful, you know, even before you bring the person in to make sure that they're going to be a good fit for your culture to kind of decrease the opportunities for turnover. But then also, you know, doing personality assessments for people who are already there to really understand them. So, again, the leader can um, cultivate their strengths but also understand what makes that person tick. Um, And then I also do a lot of training, um, just kind of teaching people about things like um, emotional intelligence and mindfulness and how they can use those sorts of concepts to, you know, be happier not just at work but in their lives in general but also to be more uh, productive in the workplace. A lot of baby boomer business owners, age 50 plus, have Mm -hmm. been doing the same work uh, for many, many, uh, in some cases, decades. Maybe it's been three decades in some cases, maybe four. That's a long time for someone to be engaged in the same thing. Are are you finding an uptick in people that are saying, I'm just I've I've had enough of this. I want to rewire my life. I want to find some other, something else that gives me more excitement and more purpose. I actually have found that. I think um, you know at, at different points in our lives where we have sort of boundary experiences. We call it in psychology, like maybe a milestone birthday, like you hit fifty, and then all of a sudden you're looking at your life and you're thinking what is this all for? You know, I might be over halfway through my life. What's the rest going to be about? What's going to be meaningful to me? Um, So I see that. I see people who are on the brink of retirement who are maybe thinking about what do I want to do after I retire? And can you help me to think of how ways that I can still stay busy, even though I won't be working, you know, in a traditional way anymore? Because, you know, for a lot of, especially senior leaders, work is such an integral part of their um, identity. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I think all of us at some point in our lives are kind of thinking about these issues of why am I here? What's most meaningful to me? How can I make use of my time in a way that I'm going to look back on and, you know, feel was a good use of my time or, or was um, really important in my life? So yeah, I do see that. Yeah, there, there are a tremendous number of trends happening. Of course, one of them is that people are starting to say uh, the thrill is gone. <laughs> Maybe we could mm-hmm. do away blues songs here. The thrill is gone, and and what can I do to to get it back? You know, I'm burned out. I've just been doing it for so long, so I want to get out. And then there are others that are afraid that that that's their purpose. That going to work has been their purpose for all these years. So what are they going to do when that changes? And how do I find that new sense of purpose? So there's a lot mm-hmm. of different ways that people are looking for transitional help. I would imagine these days. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. I think. <coughs> the zeitgeist and so I think people's expectations for their lives are different and so they are reflecting on these questions a lot more. And as they reflect on those they need they need to first assess where they are and what the 
what the roadblocks are ahead, and that's that's where you come in. But also, you know, how it all fits together is very important. So, what do you suggest? Where do you suggest leaders begin if they want to create a more positive culture in their business? Yeah, so I would say, you know, for almost everything leadership related, the first place to start is with yourself. And if you're someone who wants a more positive culture, you really need to be a more positive person. And I think it has to be authentic. I think people can see kind of through people's attempts to fake it. And so a really important thing to do as a leader is to do the work so that you can be a genuinely happy and fulfilled person who can set a positive tone. Um, One of the things that research shows us is that people's moods are contagious And if you're the leader, your mood is inordinately contagious. And so to the effect that you can sort of be a more, I guess, for lack of a better term, like just happier, more emotionally resilient person, uh, the research shows you're going to have a a more positive impact on your business. Um, And then I would say somewhere else to start is just knowing that people are going to be more committed to their work if they really have a strong sense of purpose. And so... um, Howard Schultz, who's the CEO of Starbucks, he said something to the effect of kind of like um, when you surround yourself with people who are really committed to a common purpose, almost anything is possible. And I've really seen that to be true. And so as a leader, I think it's really important to make sure that you're um, really communicating a compelling vision, um, keeping in mind that what's meaningful to you may not be meaningful to everyone else. So you know, make it a really broad vision that's going to motivate a range of personalities that people can get behind. Um, And that in and and of itself will also help to create a more positive tone. So it's really kind of thinking about the interpersonal aspects um, more than some leaders can um, naturally tend to do. And is uh, part of that is, I, I would imagine, is what you call positive psychology. And let's talk about that. What is positive psychology and how can it help businesses to make more money? Yeah, so I've mentioned that term a few times, and what I would say is in a nutshell, um, positive psychology is really the science of determining the conditions under which people will flourish. And so, you know, historically, psychology really looked at the opposite end of the spectrum, so looked at dysfunction and, you know, stress and, um, you know, depression and all sorts of, uh, I guess, more negative things. Um, And what psychologists used to do was just try and get rid of the symptoms and have people back to their baseline. But what we know is that, you know, an absence of symptoms and just being at baseline doesn't mean that you're thriving. It just means that, you know, you're kind of maybe just doing okay. And so now there's been a whole shift to looking at how to help people to thrive um, and how to help them to be happier and to perform better. And, you know, when you're performing better and you're happier, you're going to make more money for your business. And, um, you know, actually in a business setting, research has found that more positive leaders perform better. Um, people who are more optimistic, for example, um, tend to sell more. Um, employees who have more positive emotions are less likely to quit or to be absent. Um, also, positive emotion is actually linked to better outcomes in terms of health, and so that can, you know, impact you from an employee wellness standpoint. Um, And we know that positive emotions can be cultivated. And so by really focusing on the sorts of things that can cultivate positive emotions and help people to be more growth-oriented and optimistic, you end up having a really um, a a work culture, I guess, that feels better for everyone, but is also, you know, through research linked to more productivity and, and actually more profit. 
So it's putting m- mental health um, work into the front part of the equation instead of worrying about, you know, instead of reacting to depression or something like that. It's it's really being preventative with this type of counseling and and uh, and work, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's not just all about, like, kind of typical therapy or counseling. I mean, I think um, there are things that you can do, like, you know, that are already being done, like employee recognition or things like that that help to cultivate um, a positive emotion. There are actually, like, really specific um, shifts that you can make in terms of um, coaching people that can actually um, shift how their brain accepts the coaching. It's really fascinating stuff. Um, You know, there's a trend you hear a lot more about the term mindfulness lately in the media, Um, and mindfulness is uh, sort of teaching people to be more present in the moment and to be more aware of what's going on, and that helps in terms of emotional resilience, helping people to concentrate more effectively, making them better listeners. Um, So there's just a whole lot of different things that you can do that um, translate well in the work world. And your book is called The Consummate Leader, A Holistic Guide to Inspiring Growth in Others and in Yourself. Uh, who should read the book and uh, what, what would you, who, was it, who was it designed for? Yeah, so I actually wrote the book um, designed for leaders. And one of the things that I had found is that um, a lot of them, in terms of wanting to know how to develop, didn't necessarily know where to start. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of leadership books make it a little bit too simplistic and say, you know, do these three things and you'll be a great leader. And um, that hasn't really been my experience. And so the book is really um, designed to help someone who wants to develop as a leader, but someone who wants to do exercises and self-reflect and kind of learn about who they are as a whole person uh, to become a more effective leader. And it's interesting. What I found is that people who aren't even leaders have found the book to be just really helpful in terms of um, kind of getting in touch with who they are and becoming more confident and assertive and um, having a deeper level of self-understanding. But um, definitely, if you're a leader who wants to improve your culture, this would be a good book for you. I love the concept. And uh, where do our listeners find out more? Yeah, so um, to learn more about me and the book, you can visit my website at um, www.patricia-thompson.com. Um, and so there's more information about my book, and you can actually get a free excerpt of it there. Um, you can also get a free consultation with me to see if I'm a good match to help your business. Um, and there are other stuff on the site, like a blog that gives you a lot of tips to improve your well-being. Um, and I have some free workbooks on there as well. So if someone were to say, you know, I think I, I might give you a call, what should they be prepared to discuss? Um, well, they might not necessarily know. They might just have questions about mm-hmm. how I might be able to help their business. But what I would want to discuss is sort of where you or your business are right now, what your goals would be, and then we would start to explore the ways that positive psychology could be brought in as an adjunct to really help you to get where you want to go. And do they need to uh, – do you do a lot of uh, work – uh, ops uh, over the phone or internet, or do they need to be in your in your local area to get the most impact from this? Uh, no, it's all over the place. So I actually do um, work via the phone or Skype. Um, I have local clients, but I also have clients that I travel to as well for for trainings or for other things. So I'm kind of all across the states. Isn't technology wonderful? Okay, so you're you're <laughs> available to work with people. And again, this is mind work. This is not. You don't have to. Yeah, you know, be right across the room or whatever. These are question, answer, thought, 
thought-provoking exercises, I'm sure, and questions. So the book sounds fascinating. So it's called The Consummate Leader, A Holistic Guide to Inspiring Growth in Others and in Yourself. It's available on Amazon. And again, you can visit Patricia's website and learn more and give her a call and find out if there's something that she can do to help you. Patricia, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. I look forward to uh, to reading the book and to actually getting getting more in-depth with it, and then perhaps we can talk again sometime in the future and get deeper into the topic. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this, so please stay with us. Does thinking about what will happen to your business if you're gone keep you awake at night? Will you get the price you need from your business to carry you through retirement? The BEI Network of Exit Planning Professionals is the world's leading advisor network with the power to help business owners transition out of business on their own timeline and terms. Ask your most trusted advisor to create a BEI plan for you or visit us at ExitPlanning.com. That's ExitPlanning.com. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 